yesterday it was hot, today it's cold. What the? What a mess. They'll blame it on climate change, right? Yeah, they'll blame it on that. Somebody got a haircut. You know what I'm talking about. It looks sharp. It looks nice. Yeah. Your father cut it. You wouldn't let him cut it? And why not? <laughs> he ever cut your hair before? No, but I won't let him. Uh, well, how you know you suck that in there? Huh? How you know you can't do it? Because I don't know. <laughs> I just want to touch it. Uh, how's your uh, socking thing going? Good. Yeah. I'm break right now until two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you win? No, I lost. Well, I, I won all my three games, but we still didn't make it. What a, what a loser. What? <laughs> What's the point of playing if you're not going to win? Well, the way the tournament was, it was by points. So what? The, the way the tournament was, it was by points. And you got no points? Well, we had, we had points, but there was like two teams above us that had like two more points than us. So what was the point of showing up if he wasn't going to make more points? I don't know. Stay home. No. I get bored at home. So you'd rather be a loser than to be bored? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Now I'm messing with you. It's, be it's best to go out and know that you're a loser. Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved by going to our YouTube chat line and Hake will get your questions and comments to me, all right? Uh, thank you all for being here. Good morning, y'all, again. How's everybody? Oh, well. Um, any questions, comments? Uh, anybody had a life this week? One person with a life. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Good morning. It's actually not my life. I have a message from Alex. <clears throat> he's in the hospital. He's okay, but he's not in the 5150 hospital. He's in a regular hospital. He, um, he was robbed for his bike and pushed down a steep hill into like a concrete bed, and he has a lot of injuries because of it. He was robbing the bike with guests gave him? The one we just gave him? Yeah. I knew that bike was too t uh, nice for that man. <laughs> Something told me, because of the way the world is now, and why people are being attacked, something told me somebody may try to take that from him. Right. Because, you know, he's old and he has a nice young bike. And, uh, but, uh, okay, well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish him well. Alice is the guy that, the white guy that sit over there, that, with the sun thing. Remember him? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Any questions or anything about your life? Anybody had a life? Oh, good. Anybody here for the first time? Nice. What's your name and how did you hear about us? 
name is Wendy. Oh, hold on a minute, Wendy. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. name is Wendy, and my uncle invited us with him today. Nice. Well, yes. thanks for coming. Have you seen Church on, on TV before? Uh, I've seen on. one episode, maybe a silent prayer. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. Any questions about anything? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. Yes. Okay, right here. Oh, my name is Alana Gilliam, and this is my brother. He invited me. Oh, nice. I have seen a few videos. What do you think about it? Marvelous. You liked it? Yes. Awesome. You didn't get mad? No. You don't think I hate women? Um, no. Oh, well, you haven't seen the videos. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll mess with you. Yes, sir. I'm Albert Thomas from Oklahoma. Oh, okay. And actually, we were here for a burial of my older sister. Amazing. And um, while I was here, I just had to come and see you in person. I've been following you for about a year. Amazing. And well, thank you. Any questions about anything? Well, no, you've answered all the questions. Just I want to try to introduce them to this new thought kind of oh, good. church. <laughs> so, do you, do you want to be friends with them? Absolutely. They're but, my family. But after they watch these things, you're not going to be friends. <laughs> no, I, I have made them mad already because I, I, I know your story and have internalized it. So right on. I, I no, live it. So, yeah. No, they're going to like it. They like it. I'm just all messing right. with you. Well, thank you all for coming. Yes, thank um, you. Okay. So I heard this, and then I get to the biblical question. I heard this, uh, and I don't know how true this story is. But I heard this guy say that there was a man who built an empire, and he alone built it. He had everything. And this guy happened to be a conservative guy. And then right down the road from him, uh, a liberal guy built another empire. And then all the liberals got together, invited each other to parties, and they had lunch together. They like one another, but nobody liked the conservative guy that built the empire. And so, according to the story, again, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's, it's still the way people live. But so the conservative guy with his empire, major one too, major empire, uh, didn't like being left out. He didn't like the fact that the people down the road wouldn't play with him. Even though he had a few people playing with him on his side, you know, people, but they all had money and it didn't mean much. He wanted to be in with everybody, the in crowd. And so what uh, the uh, conservative guy did, according to the story, was to start to tear down his empire by changing it into a, a liberal empire so that he could get along with the liberals, with the empire. He could not handle being alone. And so he started getting rid of anyone that was a conservative, anyone that uh, told the truth about anything. And he started bringing in liberals into the empire in order to fit in with the crowd. Any of you guys ever done that? Anyone ever done that? You always want to fit. Yeah? Yeah? Anybody here? They're nodding like this, folks. <laughs> and, and why were you like that? Why did you do that? Uh, I think you said it to, to fit in, really. But why? Why would you, where were you trying to fit in? 
Are you still in school? You still like, try to fit in? No. Why did you do it then? Uh, when you have a a massive amount of people attacking you uh, for a set of beliefs, or maybe because you like a certain thing, and there's no one there to kind of reinforce that, like, hey, stand alone, be an individual. Who cares? Don't worry about it. it it's totally overwhelming, and you just take the path of least resistance, which is, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. That's amazing. And were you happy once you joined them? No. There was like that kind of temporary gratification where you get yeah. like and you eat candy. You're like, oh, but then, you know, your teeth and all that. It just goes away. <laughs> yeah. You know. The one thing that's wrong with our world today, everybody trying to fit in. They do not want to stand alone. The good old days when boys were boys and men were men, it was a sin to try to fit in. Your parents would slap you down, kick you if you tried to, <laughs> if you tried to fit in. But now we have a society where everybody want to fit in, and the world going to hell in a handbasket because no one—not no one, but most people—99 percent of the people are unwilling to stand alone. Isn't that amazing? How are you going to have a life? If you are afraid to stand alone, how will you know God is with you if you are afraid to stand alone? You're out here trying to find somebody or something to stand with you. That's insane. That's how you control. That's how you turn from a, a, a Christian to an atheist because you're unwilling to stand alone. And then now they make a mockery of anyone who's willing to stand alone. They cut your head off and put it on TV so everybody can see it to encourage you not to stand alone. Like, this is what's going to happen to you if you try to stand alone. If you tell the truth and don't care what happened, we're going to cut your head off. We're going to put you on display to get you to be a part of the crowd. And most people give up. There is no way that you could believe in God and not be willing to stand alone. If you notice, when Christ was water, he didn't have a bunch of friends. And they, all the disciples around him, he knew that they were his enemies and not his friends. So he never really stood with them. He didn't never have them over for dinner. He just let them follow him up and down the road. You must be willing to stand alone. It's something that's wrong with you if you have to have the crowd with you. Now, a person that stands alone, it doesn't mean that they don't associate with others. It doesn't mean you don't have fun and enjoy life. It's just that you shouldn't get your identity from the crowd or from anything or anyone out there. Crowd people are weak, pathetic, poor, pitiful people and cannot be trusted. Because they're angry. Anyone that has anger is evil. It's a murderer. <laughs> and God is not going to prove anything. I had a guy call my show this week. And he said that his daughter was an atheist. No, his daughter was a Christian, but he was an agnostic, I think. Did he say atheist or agnostic? You remember, Sean? Agnostic. Oh, you heard it? Agnostic. And I asked, well, why are you and agnostic. And he said, well, because God, oh, he said, somebody, you have to prove to me that God exists. Something like that. I'm like, why? Why do you have to prove that to you? 
because I, I, I don't remember the whole coming, but I need to see it, it need to be proved. I said to him, nobody gonna prove anything to you about God. God won't even try. This guy think God need to prove that he exists in order for him to believe. That doesn't even work right. Who is this man? He sound nice, he was laughing. Be careful of a smiling face, huh? But uh, he, in his mind, agnostic people think that in order for them to be lead, to believe in God, you or I or God or somebody got to prove it. You know that's the mind of the devil. And God sitting up there grinning, like, what the? <laughs> I got to prove it. You know that's the devil telling this man, help, make sure God prove it before you believe in him. But a lot of people like that. They won't live as an individual and know God for themselves. They got to have the crowd to believe in God before they can even believe it too. Some guy said to me, I noticed that you don't ever preach uh, Christ and him crucified. Something like that. Y'all ever heard that? That saying? You heard that before? What does that mean? Christ and him crucified. That, that I would need to preach that. Can you tell me what that means? No. You don't know what it means? But you heard it before? Yeah. Did you know you didn't know what it meant? No. You didn't know you didn't know what it meant? I'm sorry? I didn't know the meaning. Yeah, but you heard it before, huh? Yes. But I didn't know either. And so I asked him, well, what do you mean Christ and him crucified? Christ died on the cross. Okay, amen. The sermon is over. <laughs> but he couldn't explain what it meant because he had heard it too, but didn't know what it meant. You got to be willing to stand alone. You came in this world by yourself, you going out by yourself. You know what I mean? You go, so why not live a life of standing alone? And so that brings me to my biblical question. Um, why do you value your fear? Oh, first, I, I saw your hand, but I forgot. Let's take your question. Um, I was just wondering if I could Bible thump for a moment yes. about what you said. It's no way trying to aha or trying to catch anything, but... Don't, you could do that. My, my, Catch my, me. Well, my, my question is more along the Can't lines of... Can't be outside and see what happened. Right. <laughs> um, you know, is what is the difference between, like, friendship and fellowship? Because I remember last week we were talking about friendship, and I recalled the Bible verse in the book of John where Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's like, hey, I'm not going to call you my servants anymore because servants don't know what their master does. Instead, I'm going to call you my friends because you know what my father is doing. Right. You know? And I'm, and I'm trying to think as, uh, you know, draw comparisons of what you're saying about standing alone, yet at the same time, you know, being fellowship. And among Christians, among Christian vocabulary, there's a lot of people who like to say, hey, he's my brother in Christ. Hey, he's my sister in Christ. And I get what they're trying to say, but I've always kind of cringed at that. You know, it's like when millennials say, hey, I'm adulting. Like, I'm learning adulting. It's like, what are you saying? But at the same time, I, I, I can't... You know, when you say stand alone, it's like, well, what do you call, what are we doing right now? You know, like, aren't we all kind of being very friendly and fellowship and stuff like that? That's amazing. Have you heard Christ preach Christ, him crucified? You hear that? 
saying, you know, are you a little Bible thumping Christian? Well, not necessarily. I just, not anymore, that, that's, right? that's what came to my mind. Oh, okay. As um, you, the guy next to you want to respond to that. It's a really good question. If I say stand alone, correct me if I'm repeating it wrong, and yet we are here together, fellowshipping, how's that stand alone? Am I right? Yeah. That's right? Okay. I think in the same way that you should love God before you love anybody else, including like your wife or your kids. I think in that sense, that's where Jesse's talking about, about standing alone. Like, like, I feel like especially people with families, they're, you know, I, <clears throat> at least in my own family, my brother and some of their family, they've got kids and he, he kind of just seems a little miserable. And I've always asked him, I said, you know, how's your walk with Christ and how, how are you with God? And it always seemed that he was just more, not more, but he, he just paid attention to his family instead of really paying attention to God. And I think when you walk alone, you're with God by himself. You're not with anybody else, even if those people are directly like next to you every single day. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's kind of like what I thought of. Nate, want to respond to it? You know, so I've heard I this stand alone about that. Yeah. But yet, we are here today. Yeah. And are we standing alone? How, how is that going to work? I've heard this topic brought up uh, about you sometimes that, oh, you're way too much of an individual. How are we going to have community, a nation, or friends in that, that way? But I've always thought, why would you want to be fr uh, friends with a bunch of angry people who hate you? <laughs> My point being, not, not, not that you can't talk to them or show, be friendly and show love right. to them. My point simply being that I think if you were truly an individual, you'd, you'd be able to make the best community, make the, be friends with anybody, be, be, make a group that is cohesive, you know what I mean? But still remain an individual because you're, I've heard this before, uh, a team is only as strong as their weakest link. You know what I mean? It's kind of in yeah, that I've vein. heard that too. So I'm kind of thinking like that. And the whole team is weak. Exactly. So the whole link is weak. Exactly. Who in the, um, and he asked what well, Christ said to the disciples, I will no longer call you my friend, right? Uh, servants. Servants, I will call you my friend because what? Uh, a servant doesn't know what their master is doing, but a friend does. Oh, okay. What did that mean? A in, yeah, you okay. ever heard that before? I guess, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Oh yeah, Nick kind of rebelled when he was growing up. <laughs> yeah. They had, his yeah. mama got so mad, he just left me at home. I just done got... He did not want to go to church. That's true, that's true. <laughs> I kicked and screamed. But uh, when just first hearing that, my first thought is simply, that, you know, it's just a, mem uh, a difference of status. Like, you, you tell your friends what you're up to and what your plans are. That's what I'm understanding from that, from what he's telling me. And then a servant, you just tell him what to do. It's a, it's a need-to-know basis yeah. with the servant. Okay. That's all I'm understanding. He want to stab it, and then we're going to go back to the biblical question. Yes. So my interpretation of that, um, um, Christ, uh, so we're, not, we're thinking of friends today and our idea of friends. Christ wasn't friends with anybody. Uh, he wasn't... Uh, he was trying to show love to his, his and to his apostles, and at that time, friends would be 
secondary to family. And so he was trying to give, show the example of what true love is because they didn't understand. So he was kind of showing them that. And, you know, because it's like, and the other point, when a person says they're a Christian, I have a friend and he always kind of lights up when he hears somebody's a Christian. And it's what his opinion of Christianity, chapter and verse, chapter and verse. And, and the minute he sees something, if there's something out of line, they immediately, you know, oh, they're going to hell. They're not a Christian. Uh, they're Catholics. Uh, you know, of course, they're, and he has that kind of idea. He doesn't even know he does, but it's kind of like he's playing God when he says that. So. Oh, okay. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I just have a so question. Listen, this is not a test or anything. We're fellowshipping. We're not who they're hollering and carrying on, but it's for you to get to know for yourself that you know. Go ahead. So this isn't to answer your question, which is a really good question, but it's a different one. Um, can you clarify? Speak from your chest and speak a little louder. Can you clarify um, what you mean when you say that we come into this world alone? Were you born, when you came out of your mama, was it just you or somebody else with you? My mom was with me. I no, she came out of the womb with you? Well, she was there. I'm sorry? She was there. She was there? I know, but when you came through the womb, was somebody else with you? I mean, I don't have a twin, if that's what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that you were born by yourself? Uh, individual. You, I, I think I'm having what a hard the? time with this. So what now? I'm, I'm, I am having a hard time with this. With that? With that concept, yes. So you don't know that you came into the world by yourself? There was no one attached to you? I mean, I was attached to my mom. It isn't, are you punking me? I'm not punking <laughs> you. Am I, I'm honestly, in, like, does no one else... Has the no young lady else? in front of you want to explain it, because I don't quite, I'm, I'm black and slow, so I don't understand it. Okay, I mean, it, I, I, am I the only one that thinks that? <laughs> oh. I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what both of you are saying. What is like, she saying? We, she's saying that, like, she was physically attached to her mother through the umbilical cord, so, like, technically, she was with somebody. She wasn't by herself alone in a room where nobody else was. So she does, she's, uh, is she saying that because she had on the umbilical cord that she wasn't born into the world alone? Correct. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, to her it does. A, an umbilical cord, just a gut. But what you're saying like is, gut? like you were born, and don't they cut it, it off and throw it in the trash? Your mother's yeah, womb. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a what? It's a life. It's and do they cut it off years. once you come out the womb? <laughs> At this point. With the scissors? And do, don't they throw it in the trash? No, they don't throw it in the trash. Oh. What do they do with it? Well, it's just sort of cool. They what? Oh, yeah, I guess they do. They have for lunch, because now they eat bugs. They make soup. Oh. <laughs> okay. So what I mean is, is that when you were born, it was just you. I know your mama was there. She had to be there. But she didn't come out the womb with you. Right. I, I, sorry, I don't want to get like too hung up on this. I, I guess it's more just this, the bigger idea of like being alone versus even in the Bible, like in Genesis, I'm going to Bible thump for a second, where 
um, where God tells Adam, like you have, to, or was it Adam? I can't remember. But it was I'm not like, understanding you. Just the importance of either being alone or being yeah. in a community. Being alone or being what? In a community. In a community? Yes. You like family. living in a community? That what you mean? I think I just wanted to understand the, the, the born alone. That's all. Yeah, Nate, Nate want to help you with it. So the anchor baby. on this, if you're running a race and someone's waiting for you at the end of the race, when you cross the finish line and that person congratulates you, did they, did they cross with you or did you cross alone? That's, that's a good question. The, I think that's the distinction here. Is that fair? Did you cross alone? I, I mean, Or did you honest, cross with the community? Honestly, I don't want to get too hung up on this, but I, it is different, I think, when someone runs the race with you than if they're standing there waiting for you. That's just me. It's like when, when you are born with, like, you know, someone houses you in their body, it's a little different than if they were in the hospital room, per se, and you were born. I, I <laughs> I've guess never that's heard this before. It. Anyway, well, what I mean is when you came out the womb, it was just you that came out the room, the, the womb. Nobody else came out. Your mother was already out there grown and mad. <laughs> <laughs> My mom was not mad. But <laughs> right, mine's either. But that's what I mean, just one person came out of the womb. All right? Yeah. And, and that, that help? Yes, yeah. Oh, okay, right on. Um, I almost forgot your question now, man. Um, and when Christ said that I'm your family, what did you say Christ said? Uh, friend. I'm your friend because you know the truth now? Right. What it is, it's the same as in reality, brothers and sisters, family, brothers and sisters and uncles and cousins and nieces and nephews, it's not it real in that we're blood, we came from the same blood family, right? But in reality, we're not families. If we were families, we would never hate one another. We would, we would disagree, but not backbite, turn on one another and do all that. Your true family are those who have been truly born again of the Father. Those who have been truly born to the Father. And, those, and, and your true friend without even having to call them friend, right? You would know them because they have been truly born of the spirit of the Father. Right. I was actually going to follow up with the verse when uh, somebody looks at Jesus and says, like, hey, blessed is your mom, you know, and he's just like, no. It's like, blessed is the one who, who follows me. They're my brother and sister. That's right. You know what I mean? And I've always, and that's kind of the connection. And like I said, it was tied to last week about friends. It was just something that, you know, right. came up. Yeah, that's a good question. But it's those who, if you notice with the Christians, they're all, uh, uh, what's that word, atheists? Agnostics. They truly don't believe in God. They believe about him. They sing about him, they shout about him, they yell about him, they get tired the author about him, they go to church, they read the word, in the beginning of the word, they read the word. And so they, and they intellectually know about him, but they don't know him. They have no love. They do not 
they do not truly die from that old nature because they only have the, the intellectual word about him but don't know him. They're not overcome. And that's why they don't get along because they don't have perfect love. Perfect love and then dying would prevent you from, it would be impossible to judge your enemy or anyone else. And Christ said that we should love our enemy. But Christians don't love their enemy. They don't love one another. <laughs> well, they know the word. And family members don't love one another. There was a guy called the show this week and said that he went and forgave his mother or something like that. Or, and, and, you heard that? His mother, he hadn't called her or something in a few days. And she called up and said, you need to be calling me more. Why you ain't calling mama? And he was like, you need to stop bugging me. I have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what mama did? She went and built an army against him. Told the family some, and the family member, he's the bad guy. He said bad things about her. And then they took sides. They, wasn't, they were not there. They didn't hear it at all. It didn't happen to them. They took side with mama. That's what crowd people do. That's what the community do. They turn. Isn't that amazing when you think about it? So your true family are those who have truly been born again. Not intellectually, but spiritually been born again. And you can tell them because they have love, they have the light. And that's rare nowadays. All in the name. Uh, I saw your hand, right? Okay. I just wanted to go back to what uh, Lee, Lee J was saying about like being born alone or being able to stand alone. Um, Three cup with the, chest. What the woman was saying with the blue hat, um, that she was born like physically with her mom there, right? She came out alone from the womb, but she's her own spirit. She has her own spirit. Like her mom has her own spirit as well. That's all, right. all I just wanted to say. Oh, thank you. So yeah. Hopefully that helps a little bit. Too. And this is your first time here? No, my first time. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, sir. I just kind of like want to make a point about what I was speaking about earlier, if it didn't make sense. When I think of standing alone, I think of the story of Job in the Bible, where God took everything from him, including his own wife and children, and he basically had nothing, and he was by himself. <clears throat> and, you know, I think this whole fellowship today, and from last week, is about, you know, standing alone. We talked about friends last week. This week you're talking about a, a man who built an empire and wanted to join the group's empire, and yeah. so he changed his ways. I think a lot of us are getting hung up on the fact that, like, including myself, is that, you know, there's an, there seems to be a need in us to want to be near people. As this young lady said over here, when God created Adam, you know, he made Eve and said, I'm going to give you a partner. So we always want to think that somebody is there for us. And I think what your point is, and you correct me if I'm wrong, is that, even, even the people that are the closest to us, don't rely on them for your identity. Stand alone in who you are. And, and stand, yeah, stand alone means you're not trying to get anything from anyone. You're not trying to get emotional support. You're not trying to get uh, love or hate or, or anything. You're willing to go through that by yourself and only get it from God. You're not trying to get any kind of 
uh, spiritual support from anyone. It only comes from God. And so when we come here, we, we fellowship, encouraging you to look to the Father. Don't look to another human being for anything. Now, practical things, we live here on earth. We've got to work together, you know. We've got to eat. We've got to go to the cotton field. <laughs> you got to go to the gym, you know. But spiritually, if you want to be one with the Father, you cannot look to anyone for any kind of emotional or support for anything. That's why marriages and relationships don't work because each person trying to get something from someone else. You don't care about my emotions. My emotions hurt. You don't care how I feel. And if, if, if the husband dare to say, no, I don't care how you feel, <laughs> the wife will kill him. And then she'll go and find another man to support her emotions. Emotions are of the devil. But people want that. They look to a community because a community makes you feel safe. It makes you feel good, but you're not safe and you're not feeling good. You just use an outside source, which is of the devil, to keep your hell going. It keeps your hell alive. But a man or a woman that will not support that, they're doing you a favor. There's only one God, and we are a spirit, and only God can save us. And we shouldn't want anyone to stand between that, in the way of that. You're going to stay in hell as long as you're reaching out here for something. Amazing, right? But people kill for that emotional support. And I, I understand when she said community because that's what's being taught now. Everybody is a community. It's about the community. It ain't about the community. We people live in the community, meaning they are looking to it for support. You can live in a community and, and have fun with folks, hang out, but don't look to them for a life story. That's why it's so important to get to know yourself so you can be sure not to be trying to get something from someone. Because they'll give it to you, and when they don't give it to you, now you're mad. All of a sudden, that love turned to hate. Why do you think marriages don't last now? Children hate their parents. And the parents hate their children. Because they're looking for something from them. That's not the way to... And that's, that's insane. Really, it really insane. And if you got to know yourself, the Father will cause you to stop looking outside for anything. He will change that. You can't change that on your own. And once you do change from anger to love and stop looking out there, there's nothing on earth that will make you angry because there's nothing you need from the world. Okay, you're going to love me? Fine. I wish you well. And it's not how people treat you or me is how I treat them. Oh, you hurt my feeling. We're supposed to treat everybody the way we would like to be treated, with perfect love. It's not how they, if they don't treat us back with love, we know that they can't see, they can't help it, they have no love. It's not personal. They just don't have love to give. Plus, you don't need it anyway, you have love. So it's, you got to be an individual before you can work right with other people. Yes, ma'am. Um, you, you had your hand, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I just wanted to clarify. I'm not saying that we should turn to our community for, like, moral guidance or values. 
But um, I, I guess I just meant that, you know, God put us on this earth to live together with people. I just wanted to clarify. Right. I, I don't want to, like, clearly we're all here because your message is different than the cultural narrative. And I want to be clear that that is my And you just caused belief. me to think about something. When Christ said, I came not to unite, but to divide, was he building a community or tearing it down? Uh-huh. I believe he was I mean, divide the fathers from the children, mothers from sons, sons from daughters, all kind of stuff. He was destroying the community. Right? If he came to divide everybody, is that building a community or destroying it? I mean, I feel it's like a rhetorical question. I mean, he's clearly challenging I can't hear you. He's clearly <laughs> challenging people's beliefs. And it also makes sense why you know, there's division even within us. If he's there, if he came to divide, then it also makes sense that there would be division within myself. If Christ came to divide, it would also make sense why you're divided within yourself? Oh, I see. Interesting. There's but one reason you're divided. Maybe two. But one for sure, but maybe two. I'll get back to that. I want to hear from some other. That's so deep. I do want to say that's not the reason you're divided within yourself. But you are divided, but that's not the reason. And I'll get back to that, all right? Uh, I saw a hand over here. I had to write that down because I'm black and slow and I won't remember. <laughs> yes, sir. I just want to make a comment what you're saying about Jesus came to divide, not to unite. Um, my opinion, my answer to that is I think he wasn't trying to destroy a community. I think he was trying to direct people to the Father. Because I've noticed people, when they stay in a community, they treat that community like they're God. Yeah. And, you know, I have to do this for the community. And then they move like 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 swarm of bees. They follow the queen wherever she goes instead of standing alone following God. And then if they're tearing apart families, right, I think personally for us, we just we moved far away from our families, like my parents, her parents, really far away. So we're standing alone in a sense, yeah. but we're closer to God. Right so on. that separation from that, that quote unquote God, which is our moms, our dads, our siblings, that's, that's gone. So by doing that, we're now closer. We have, we have nowhere to turn but God. Are your mother mad at you now that you move? I think so. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I know so, yeah, she's mad. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all because she can't control you anymore. Yep. That's all it is. Yep. She wants to control. And you don't move away from God. Is she going to blame your wife for it? She already does. <laughs> <laughs> you ought to blame somebody. Rather than admit it, I just want to control you. You should move. Right on. Um, yeah, yes, sir. Do you have your hand? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you mentioned earlier about married couples and stuff. Um, uh, what about a woman who, uh, out of fear of God, doesn't cheat on her husband because she's not satisfied with her husband? What? What, what a, um, a woman oh. who does not cheat on her husband uh -huh. because she's not satisfied with her husband, like, out of fear of God, like, if she fears God, no, I'm not going to do it because God, like, oh, is, that, is that part so of the ego, too? A woman too, that's or? not satisfied with her husband yeah. 
but she won't cheat. She won't cheat out of fear of God. Because she fear God. Yeah. She doesn't fear God. She fear the devil. Uh, because a woman that is truly born of God will be satisfied with her husband. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need anything from him. Okay. And she'll, let, she'll watch him working out his issues. If she's not satisfied, she's of the devil. So fear of God is not uh, really, it doesn't really exist? The fear of God means to appreciate him, reflect and appreciate where he's brought you from. Be thankful. Mm-hmm. But like the fear of doing wrong, what is that? Like Anyone that has fear of doing wrong is wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> what? Uh, so I, I, when she comes, I'm going to get to her question. Don't let me in without that. Okay. Um, so I want to get back to the biblical question this week. Why do you value your fears? Your fear. Anybody want to respond to that? Yes. So I was reflecting on that, and, and I think throughout the past month and a half, I learned a few things about myself as to why I value my fears. Um, so two, two, two responses to it. So one, I um, started reading this book, um, and this book, it's called, I don't know if I can say the name, but no. it's a really good book. Right. Uh, basically, it taught everything about what you talk about, how the devil goes in your mind, and he tries to, you know, basically since you're little, he attacks you. And he teaches you, he, the devil, teaches you through your parents how to establish fear. And fear is normal, and fear is how you gain life. Um, whether it's fear of, I don't know, some so silly where, like, I think this is some silly. My parents would taught me, like, if, if I'm driving in the car at, at night and the lights are on, they would tell me, turn off the lights. The police are going to pull us over. Like, something so silly like that. But that's a fear that was instilled in me, and it felt normal. So I, I learned to value my fear because without fear, what else? Like, I have to fear something. Okay. And then the second response to that is... Um, so you value your fear because you, have, you were taught. Right. You have to have it. Yeah, it was instilled in me. Okay. Yeah. And, and who instilled it in you? Well, my parents started with them. They told you to be afraid? Yep. Really? They, maybe they, didn't, they either said it or they, 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 they acted towards it. And I would just go based off of the way they reacted to, oh, okay. to life, any little thing. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right. And then the second thing I was going to say is, um, I think I mentioned one time that I had a fear of a flight being in an airplane. Oh yeah. The turbulence, right? So one time I was on a flight coming home, and there was this guy sitting to my right. This is older. He was an Alaouakbara looking guy, big old beard, gray hair, older dude. And you would, I would see be him. afraid too of that. Right. No. <laughs> well, that wasn't why I was no, afraid, but he was. I <laughs> know. I saw myself in him because he was fearful of the flight. Every little time the plane would shake, like he would be shaking his leg, he would be moving around, freaking out. But sitting to his right was his wife, and she was like coddling him, you know, like rubbing his leg like mama would. And I saw that, I was like, F that, I'm never going to be afraid again, because I basically saw myself in the way he was acting. That's amazing. But I valued my fear because it felt normal. Okay. Amazing. Uh, let me take here first, right? And then I come. Why do you value your fear? Um, I think in the in the fallen state, I used to value my fear as I've heard a lot of people say is like a motivator. 
Isn't that crazy? The, the, the world is teaching you yeah. to value your fear. Yeah, and now I would say I, I, I didn't really consider it something that I would value, but when I'm experiencing fear now, it's like a red flag. I'm very aware that the devil is having a conversation with me. Right. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. stand back. You know what I mean? So I guess why would I value it now would be a moment to pause and look and see what's actually really happening. That The devil's oh, okay. a lie and there's actually nothing to fear. Um, as it pertains to flying in the dentist, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't really enjoy any, either of those things. And so um, that's something for me to actually look at next time I board an airline or go to the dentist. There is a, <laughs> a uh, practical fear that is not fear, but it's like when you're out and about. You see how crazy the world is now, people attacking each other and robbing. And, you want to be aware of that. And even with that, you should be aware of how you react to that. Even with that, you should overreact to it. So you should be aware, you know, in a logical way, like we out there in the world. But I'm talking about the inner fear. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, that's what I'm really talking yeah. about is the inner fear. Right. Um, you know, I used to, I used to oh, not invite fear, but I... The second I felt fear, I was really good at like, be strong, walk through it, do it anyway, conquer this, <laughs> you know what I mean? And building up some sort of, I guess, false identity, unaware that I was doing that. Yeah. Now I can see that when I'm afraid, most of the time I'm alone. I mean, literally, by myself, and I have a, a feeling of fear you and feel the fear when you're alone physically when you're by yourself yeah i mean it's just you know you're doing what does it feel like inwardly it's just a cold sick weak like make nauseating feeling you know and yeah. it's not because i'm alone i'm saying right it, most <laughs> of the time it's when i'm alone which is something really to be looking at as well you know, where I've said to Heather, like, how can I be by myself in my house? The roof's intact. The sun is shining. I have food in the refrigerator. Right. of water out of my sink. And all I'm doing is sitting here either, you know, looking at my life or bills or taxes or whatever. And I, I feel like that, that feeling. You I have that fear. And so That's that, amazing. Right. So... On the outside, you could come over and you'd be like, what are you afraid of? Nothing's wrong. The flowers are blooming. And, yeah. And it's, it is inside. And so now I think the value of fear is to know that um, you're having a conversation with the devil. And so when you're feeling the fear, what do you do about it? I usually take a deep breath. And, you know, I do say to myself out loud a lot, all thoughts are all lies all the time. Um, and I sometimes tell the devil to get behind me. And sometimes I'm just like, wow, this is like, this is pretty amazing because <laughs> I've, I've lived most of my life this way. And so to now see what it is, it's like, wow, he yeah. just invites him. He does, he's not even invited and he's just waltzing right in and 
having conversations with me, but you know. You can wake up the first day in the morning and the first thing the devil does is give you fear. I just right. woke up, what am I afraid of? Right. <laughs> Why am I, I just woke up and I have fear. What the? <laughs> Amazing, huh? And you look around, everything seems to be fine around the house, but and nobody in the room but you, and yet you have fear. Amazing, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, it is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Enjoyable. I, um, I just wanted to say, I, um, I have a dad who's 96. He's Your father's 96 years old? Yeah, he's going to oh. be 97 next month, if he makes it. We recently found out, and I come from a family of four brothers and myself. Nice. So yesterday, fear um, visited me <laughs> because my brother sent a really long email basically telling us about the health of, this, of my father, which I know. He, you know, basically, he lives with me. So it's like, I know I've seen this, what's going on in his life as far as his age just an age process yeah um and i've told uh the family members in my you know what's happening basically the man should not be driving they you know he is so just little things and it's always oh you're exaggerating oh you're a woman you're exaggerating but yesterday fear uh was put in, planted in them when they saw something that i've been trying to talk to them about so right away I pick up the phone because I feel myself going to that place so I, I what did it feel like it felt like I felt helpless I felt like I needed to um, fix it and, and I can't it's yeah. it's it and my son is the one who told me you know just basically walked me through things as far as the fear I was feeling and I and the minute he started saying things I I knew you know, from coming here, from listening to him, I knew, you're right, you're right, you're right. But watching four siblings um, and then incorporating nieces and nephews and other family, massive people, um, is just, I'm sitting back going, wow, this is way, this is getting a little bit out of hand. Yeah. You know, it's like... Um, Chicken Little, that story, you know, <laughs> Chicken Little, the, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. That's, you know, your grandpa's dying, your, your father's dying. Well, he, he's 97 years old. That is going to happen. He's yeah. lived a wonderful life. Um, you know, yes, it came all of a sudden as far as he's been able to keep it together. And now all of a sudden he can't. So it's fear came right in my next to me <laughs> and it was uh right away i started like shaking and i i started getting teary-eyed and then i thought wait a minute what am i doing this is you know this man's phenomenal he's lived phenomenal yeah. life it's and time to go he's 90 years it's old fi it's fine yeah you know let so, the man go yeah amazing interesting yes sir so as far as me uh uh question uh, why why do you value your fear so uh, that came about differently for me uh, as far as valuing you know like do you value, value your fear uh, I, I, I think I did in a way I think I did in a way so do you became, value it now no and, and why did you value it before so as a child uh, I, I became uh, 
I was subject to it because of uh, my anger and hatred. And because of that, the emotions came into me of fear. And you know, it turned me into a coward at the time. And it got really, really bad. And uh, it's not something that you notice. It's a, it's a poison that grows inside of you, especially for men. It grows inside of men. And it could, uh, uh, I mean, I'm it grows inside women too. Because girls are not angry when they're first born. They're innocent, just as the boys are. It's worse for men. You know, men have, they're supposed to be leaders. And children aren't born that way. I've seen small children that are courageous. They have, they, they have love inside of them. They have no fear. So no do fear. you still have fear? Um, yes. And, and why? There's, there's a, some personal things that I need to conquer. You know, get over, overcome, uh, you know, uh, Christ-like, you know, Christ, uh, he came so that we can be free. And, uh, and so why aren't you free? I'm becoming free. Why aren't you already free? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you X, Y, and Z. If I find out why what X, Y, and Z. Why don't you know why you're not free? Already? I don't know. If I knew that, I would be free. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to tell you how. <laughs> Amazing. Um, this young lady want to respond to the biblical question. Do you guys think about this biblical question during the week? Oh, okay. Why do you value your fear? I don't feel, I don't believe there's any value in fear. And I never, even be, when I was in the fallen state, I never consciously uh, believed I was valuing my fear. I was accepting it and living with it at when, at, during those times where fear would come in. Right. And what I learned now, then versus now, is that nothing good ever came out of it. It wasn't edifying. It was um, paralyzing at some points. And I was discussing um, with Rachel before service today how last week was quite an interesting week for me. And it began, I'm not going to go through everything that took place, but it began with a series of just a litany of things that could have caused fear to creep in. But in, instead of allowing it, and it did get there, but instead of living, accepting it, as I did when I was in the fallen state, I, I, look, I observed it. And things worked out, it dissipated. By the end of the week, something pretty colossal happened and instead of accepting the fear I literally laughed at it and everything is okay today I'm standing here and I'm looking back and it was none of it was a big deal but it was all um, there were many moments during the course of the week where I could have accepted it and it would have impacted my my week entirely differently than what it did how do you deal with the fear that is there for no reason like what rachel was rachel right yeah your name is rachel yeah. i remember that <laughs> wow I, I almost didn't say the name because i wasn't for sure and i don't like to say names and wow I know. <laughs> there is a god that's amazing um what do you do with the fear that's there for no reason now yeah when you wake then? up in the morning or 
just going through your day and all of a sudden the fear is just there. I, I do, what do you do it. with that? I observe it. I, I look at it and I face it head on and it dissolves and things work out magically. Now versus when I was in the fallen state. Do you believe it's possible to live a life with no fear ever? 100%. And how is that possible? Connecting with God, silent prayer, um, you know, being in relationship with him, being present. Okay. Amazing. Interesting story. The young man behind you want to tell me why he valued his fear. Well, it, um, I hadn't thought about it. As a matter of fact, I wanted to say that you all changed the programming. Generally, I watch you on YouTube, and I'll be up on what the biblical question was and oh. the conversation there. Right. But uh, in valuing fear, I think it um, puts me in check, so to speak. Um, it's like the question you asked about people that are atheists or agnostic and understanding God. Or, and so my thought is, then they just need to breathe because that's the way I experience God. Uh, I, every breath I take now, I'm starting to pay more attention to that and give thanks to God for that. Okay. So, and so do you have fear sometimes? I don't have fear. You never feel fear on the inside? I don't fear anything. Okay. No man, nobody. Amazing. But again, I've practiced what you've given us with the silent prayer. Yeah. A very similar thing for many years since a child. Right on. And so when I heard you introduce that, it was just like, okay, now I'm hearing the voice of God because <laughs> this was an answer to my prayer because I've essentially been estranged from my family and friends because of nice. beliefs. And Did you forgive your mother? Absolutely. And, and that's another thing that I was able to do before she passed away, my mother and my father. Nice. And I didn't know why, but I know that someone suggested that I make peace with them. And fortunately, I had a few years before they passed away to live that. Good, man. But I was still sort of angry because there were things that happened that I didn't like in, in how my life came about. Now I can look at it and see that, you know, I'm uniquely qualified to be me. You know, God put me on this path for a purpose, I believe. Yeah. And so I did endure some things through, you know, that my parents could have helped with. But they didn't, they couldn't help themselves is the thing. And this That's is right. What I try to explain now to people when I talk to my family and, you know, I um, really, even with this funeral that we had, family conflict all came up. There's different factions. Somebody, they all want to be on display, it seemed, like to be, I'm the one that you got to come to for the program, things like that. And some of the, some of the, the best fights are when somebody dies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a mess. It was and full of hate, though. And it's, then yeah. Now they're going to fight over the house, the money, the old clothes that nobody can wear anyway. <laughs> and the best fights are at the, during the death. So when you die, just know it's going to be a good fight. <laughs> the so, family get together to fight. They don't get together to worship. They get together to fight. 
it seems. Because everybody wants to be right. And yeah. the ego is so strong. And sure, so yeah. your message, really, especially about the ego and anger, yeah. all of that has helped me tremendously over the last year. But I've nice. gone through probably all your videos, too. So, you know, it, 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 because it's practical. It, the conversations that you're having, it's real life. Yes. It's not about the imagination Absolute of, man. you know, some pie-in-the-sky God or something. You know, it's, it's real. What's, what can we really, you know, Amazing. tangibly touch? Yes. That's right. <laughs> Thank cool. You. <laughs> okay. Um, anybody else about the fear? Why are you bagging your fear? Yes, sir. Uh... Why I value, you value my fe your fear. I value my fear because fears, fear got me where I am today. <laughs> uh, what the? Let me explain. Hold on. My parents always, as a kid, inculcated in me fear that don't disobey the rules in school because this is going to happen to you. Don't do this because this is going to happen to you. So it's always that fear. You know, so that's why I never broke the rules. I never tried to fight with anybody. I never uh, did st stole anything from the store or anything because my mom, my mom and dad always said, "Don't steal because they're going to take you to jail." It's always that fear. That's what, what a, kept me under control. What a born life. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just how I mean. And you said it got you to where you are today. And where are you? I'm here. <laughs> you mean, I'm here talking to you. <laughs> you mean I, so? That's what brought you to church. Well, I mean, we uh, personally, I think we have to fear breaking the rules because something bad's going to happen to you if you break the rules. But why do you have to feel that in order to not to break the rule? Because you're going to get castigated. Castigated know, is what punished. I'm is is, the word punished. Why not just don't break the rule? But you don't need to have fear to not to break the rule. Well, I mean, if you if, if you didn't have the fear of breaking the rules, they break them and then they get punished. And then, then, then they'll realize uh, that it's <laughs> bad listen, breaking if, the rules. If you didn't have fear, would you break the rules? Yeah, because I wouldn't know any better. What the? I mean, if my parents didn't tell me, hey, don't do this because this is going to happen to you. I mean, if I didn't have anybody to tell me, to guide me, what to do and what not to do, then I'd just be living like an animal. Oh, man. Right? Evidently. I mean, it's, my, it's just, I, I think that's how most people live, right? I mean, my parents never told me, didn't, they never told me don't steal and all that. Really? Right. All they ever said to me, if you go to jail, don't call me. <laughs> well, I ain't coming to get you. I'm not accepting collect phone calls. I don't want to hear from it. So, that was so all I needed to know. So they didn't give you advice, don't do this or else this will happen to you. No. No? Uh-uh. Well, mine did. Just knowing I'll be stuck in jail did that. Okay, you can do what you want out there, but I'm not coming for you. I'm not going to bail you out, right? Right, I'm going to leave you right in jail. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. But, I mean, oh. would it be nice for the parents to say, look, don't do this because this is going to happen to you? No, because when you tell you them don't do it. listen to me or, or But what you don't realize yeah. is that all these things that they tell you not to do, you be in control. Uh, I mean, you're, you're not independent. You're being controlled by fear, and they and they cause that, so they have control of you as well. Well, I have but, cousins who were never controlled, and they're all in jail now. <laughs> so I mean, come on, they're all in jail. I mean, they, were never, they, they didn't have a dad in their life. That's where they need to be. <laughs> well, 
so do I need to be in jail or, or what? You're in jail and don't know it. <laughs> well, I mean, I love my parents. I mean, they did the best, but. Right, they did. I mean, yeah. They, okay. they, they try to do the best. You know? All right. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yes, you here? And you're right here. Yes. Why do you value your You respond to the Bible. Yes. Why do you value your fear? I think because for me, it's um, if I didn't have the fear, I believe that there would be Speak from the chest. arrogance. If I didn't have the fear. Speak I like you were yelling at your boyfriend <laughs> if you had one. Okay. <laughs> if I think it's if I didn't have the fear, I think what would be left would be like arrogance, potentially. Because I, when I think about how I haven't had that internal fear in quite a while. Um, I could get swept by that. I don't want to be, I guess, deceived. And in my belief that if there is no fear, there might just be like arrogance. Like I, I don't feel fear anymore, so I'm on top of the world. And that's when I can get got. <laughs> so Amazing. That's kind and of- And so do you, do you experience fear sometime now? No. You, even in the morning when you first wake up? No. Really? Yeah. So you never get that fear on his side? In a long time I haven't. And, and I'm just careful because I don't want to deceive myself, I guess. So You're careful? I, I just, I, I don't want to feel like I'm on top of the world, like I got it. And so if I didn't have the fear, I feel like potentially it would be arrogance. Oh, okay. I, I would feel like a puffed up, like I'm on top of the world. And that I'm oh, I see. And so. Amazing. That's kind of what that is. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Uh, and then I got two more people that want to do it, and, and I got to wind the thing down. Yes. Why do you value your fear? I don't have fear. And why not? Because I think about last year, you gave us a homework assignment to keep your mind with your body. Yeah. And I've continuously, I did it for that week, but then I've continuously been practicing it. And with, along with the silent prayer, if you keep your mind with your body, stay in the presence of God, there is no fear. And so you never get that fear that come from nowhere? You don't even know why it's there? Not anymore. I don't even think about fear. Amazing. I, I, just in this conversation, I started thinking about it. And when I had fear and what it felt like, and I'm like, ew. I'm, it's, I could never even imagine that I would be able to live a life without fear. Amazing. But it's not me, it's God. And it's staying in the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, there is no fear. Okay, amazing. The young lady want to respond. And then Frank, and then I got to wind it down. Right here, yeah. Me? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have my hand raised. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you value your fear? Because I can tell you love your fear. I value it when I'm See, unconscious of it. When you're unconscious of it? Yes. You value it when you're unconscious of it? Correct. Like, I'm not, in, it's not my intention to value it. I'm unconscious of my fear. Yeah. So it takes me becoming conscious of my fear for, then, for me to then stop valuing it, I guess so to speak. Do you believe you can live a life of no fear? I believe that you can try really hard, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. I don't know that you can just like, as, hum as a human, just never have any fear ever. And, and why not? 
Because we're human and because we're always, the devil is always coming at us and we're always dealing with things that come up. And so it's, uh, it's hard. It's just, you know, we're not, I don't know, just, I don't think we can. And what do you mean you're human? Um, I'm a human. I, I mean, I am sitting here in this body right now. So you're human because you're sitting there in the body? And so are you your body? Partly. How are you your body? Partly. And this is not a test, it's a fellowship. <laughs> How are you your body, period? I, ha I have a physical presence. I'm sorry? I have a physical presence. That's how you your body? Yeah. And so the physical presence is you? It's part me, yeah. It's not all me, but it's definitely part of part me. Your body is none of you. <laughs> okay. Really? You are not, and I say that because I know what you mean, right? Not to be, you know, try to hurt you. Sure. But, and the reason I'm telling you that so you can stop identifying with the body. You are not your body, you're not your title, you're not any of them. I get that, I oh, understand okay. that. I guess my point is, is that like, we are in the physical world and we are here and we do have a physical presence. Right. And you can't, you, do, you, you have to deal with life. So, you know what I mean? Well, you don't have to deal with life. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you mean you have to deal with life? You're al we're alive. We're living in the world. We're, we're interacting with other people. We're, we have to go to work. We have to... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I guess but, we don't I mean, have, you have to, You have to do practical things like yeah, go to work exactly. and stuff. But that's not life. That's just the way you uh, in this boat you're in and just going out of shore. Okay, yeah, I understand that. Right, but the real you don't have to deal with life. Okay. <laughs> Did you know you do not have to deal with life? You just have to let life be. When you stop dealing with life, life will happen on its own, and there's nothing like what you can imagine. But if you deal with life, you're making something else happen in your life that should not be happening. Because it's you and the devil dealing. Christ created us, and he breathed into us life, and we became a living being. And then he said, all right, I'm tired of all y'all up here in two minutes. I want y'all to go down there and live on the earth. And what I'm gonna do for you, I'm gonna build a house that you can live in. And I want you to navigate in that house, but don't identify with the house, it's not you. You're not the body. You are a spirit. And, and the reason I want to make that clear because Satan and the world like to caught your mind with illusions and when you believe the illusion, you live a lie, you suffer, and you, have, you worry, and you, this and that, right? You can literally live a life without, matter of fact, you're better off not dealing with life. Now you get up and go to work, do practical things, eat your food, go exercise, but that's not you, it's not life. What do you think about that? I understand what you're saying. Do you believe that? you see that? I do, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I, wanna, I think that's what we're all here trying to achieve for sure. Yeah, I want to tear down all the walls. Yeah. 
because they're in your way between you and God. Yeah. They really are. That's why the world attests these titles unto you in order to keep you in the darkness. But if you know it's just good and evil and nothing else, then you, you see evil working through you, and when you see it, you can overcome it. But if you think, oh, I'm an alcoholic, I'm this, I'm that, my body, and this, then you're not going to see what the, it's a spiritual thing. That's all I'm telling you. That make sense? Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Last word on that, Frank, and then uh, you had your hand, right? Okay, real fast. So, you know, becoming subject to uh, fear, I can remember uh, my, so I grew up uh, old-fashioned Hispanic. So my, uh, I remember my mom using fear as a tool, you know, uh, and even using the religion, uh, you know, raised Catholic, you know, uh, God's, my mother would say, Dios te va a castigar, you know, uh, God's going to punish you, uh, you know, what are you, what are you doing, you know, she would manipulate like that. And uh, even in church, uh, I remember some of, uh, you know, in, you know, going to Catholic school, they would use, they would, you know, God's watching you, uh, you better pray, do your prayers, and out of fear you would do them, and, you know, so out of fear you would, I would follow my mom's direction. So I kind of gotten raised with, with that kind of thing, you know, and it's one reason I think I kind of rebelled a little, you know, a little bit after that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, living in fear is just, it's, it's hell. It's, it's nothing fun and, and uh, you have turmoil inside and, you know, you're always looking up, you know, is God going to strike Why would you me? let it go? I'm giving, I'm telling you the past. Oh, that's I why you had I don't live that it. way because oh, I, I had yeah, that. Yeah, I remember people say, oh, if you do this, you're going to hell. And, and, and I'm and, like, I feel like I'm already in hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be more, we should probably do that more because people yeah. are, are just crazy. There's nothing to hold them back. There's nothing to restrain them. And back then, at least this little bit of Christianity we know, we thought we knew, we thought, you know, it restrained me. But, you know, I was kind of driving with my brakes on. I was still doing crazy things on the side. Yeah, the, you know? I think you're right in that the, the little religious stuff they teach you better than nothing because at least it contains you a little bit. You, you think a little bit instead of just going nuts. Because people are just, I mean, they got nothing now except for them. And that's why they're going crazy, okay. in my opinion. Amazing. Uh, Sean and, and Hate want to respond. Why do you value your fear? I'm kind of a um, hypochondriac, you know, I always think I'm getting sick, <laughs> as you know, um, and I always thought of it as a practical fear, like, oh, if I, you know, do this, if I keep my stuff clean, I won't get sick, and I guess it's, it somewhat comes from my past, like, I, I was sort of a sickly child in, in some ways, and, um, but that, that, the fear that comes over me it comes over me before I even know it. Like, I don't know it until afterwards. A few days after, you know, I'll look back and go, wow, I was really worried yeah. that, you know, it's that like small pain about. in my jaw was like cancer or something. <laughs> I'm definitely that type of person. If I feel like a small pain, I'll go, that's it, it's over. I'm done, <laughs> I have cancer, that's it. So, it, it, you know, it happens before I even know it. And um, I think I, I value that because it's, it's tough to, to admit that I didn't see that happening bef before I knew it. You know, the fear got to me before I could see it. And so I will tell myself that it's a practical 
you know, fear. But the more I think about it, you know, I didn't start thinking about it until really this week. But the more I think about it, the more I'm realizing it's not practical at all. Yeah. And um, it. So were uh, your parents real clean? Yeah. They like, were neat uh, like that too. Like OC, like OCD. Oh yeah. Your like, father and mother, or just mother? Just, just, just my mom. So you got that from her then? What? Your mother made you OCD. No, I'm. I'm definitely getting over it. I wouldn't call myself OCD. Not but, OCD, but that cleaning thing. Yeah, if I don't clean, it's not like I get anxiety <laughs> from it. You know what I mean? I have no problem putting it off. <laughs> putting it off, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, totally, I'm totally lying to you right now. I totally get anxiety <laughs> from it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I'll tell myself that I could, I could put it off without a problem, but, <laughs> but the whole time I'm thinking about it, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. And so, it's, you know, it's something I have to overcome. It's amazing. Yeah. This young lady wanted to tell me why she valued her fear. I can see it in you. I didn't say I wanted to tell you, but I, 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 don't, I don't have fear. You never feel fear on the inside? Not till recently. Uh -huh. I've never had fear in my life. I'm not, I'm not talking about fear of someone physically. I'm talking about spiritually, inwardly, when that little uncomfortable feeling is there, you don't know why. You never had that? No. Oh, okay. And how did you get it recently then if you never had it? It's fear of someone. Oh, you were fear of... Fear of someone. Oh, I is see. what now and, I have fear of. And what did that feel like? What does... You have that now? Mm-hmm. And what does that feel like? <laughs> it's horrible. <clears throat> I feel like they're trying to kill me. It's a bad relationship breakup. Oh. Of a narcissist. Did you apologize for being a narcissist to him? Did I apologize? No. Why not? Then if you were leave. Why you haven't apologized for your role in it? Because I don't talk to him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Won't you call him and say, you know what? I was wrong in what I did. I'm sorry. Okay. Are you a Christian? Yes. Why haven't that occurred to you? I didn't feel I needed to apologize because I, I didn't do all, anything. All guys don't feel like they did anything. <laughs> <laughs> but you did. He didn't just act that way. I mean, you didn't, you didn't cause him to become that way. He was already that way when you met him. Correct. But your role played, you played your role in bringing that out of him. Mm. I didn't see it that way, but okay. And, and why do you see where he's wrong but not where you're wrong? Because I'm the one hurt. I'm sorry? I'm the one hurt. I, I know, but it's your fault that you're hurt, not his. Uh, okay. What do you think about that? Okay. <laughs> I mean, do you agree or disagree? I don't know. Neither one, really. I don't agree or disagree. But you should look at that so you can I will. Yeah, be done with it. Hey, I was wrong. I was this. What, you know what you did in there too, right? And so, and if he doesn't apologize, that's on him. He got to live with that. You no longer have to live with it. God will forgive you when you admit you were wrong. And he can, he'll stay in his hell, but you'll be free. Okay. Isn't that amazing? Amazing, yes. See, I knew I saw it. No. You saw it? Uh, hate, last word, hate. Why do you value your fear? And then this young lady want to respond to it. Um, I think because... Have you heard the hate report? 
How about an anchor baby? Oh, okay. Amazing. You know what an anchor baby is? In the yellow. Can you see me? Do you know what an anchor baby is? I don't know what anchor baby is. It's when a Mexican get pregnant in Mexico. <laughs> and then a, a second before the baby is born, she jump across the border to the U.S. And, and drop the baby on the ground and then jump back over. <laughs> and become a citizen. <laughs> That's an anchor baby. <laughs> yes, hey. I think that my my <laughs> inner, my unconscious sort of uh, priorities are all wrong. So that's why I like value my, f that's why my fear kind of runs me. You know what I mean? Like, um, like a paralyzing thing, like what um, Danielle said. Yeah. And I think it's partly because I live for like, this self thing that is not like godly so I, that's what I automatically operate from amazing and why have you let that go um I think because I'm just not committed to letting you love your fear it's not about um the fear aspect of it it's just about the self aspect of it oh <laughs> I don't know what that means like selfishness in selfishness you're not constantly terrified necessarily oh I see there's like ups and downs <laughs> <laughs> okay yes oh, I have some super uh, I have some super chats to read when you have a chance concerning that not about fear oh okay yes ma'am Man, the time gone by already. What the? <laughs> yes. Why do you value your fear? Um, I don't. I don't really value my fear, and I haven't. I think since like I was like sixteen or seventeen, because my dad told me I used to be really afraid of like everything. Um, especially because I started going to like a Christian, like a hardcore Christian church when I was like ten, and they instill so much fear, and I was afraid of watching movies i was afraid of like um celebrating christmas like just doing anything it was just really scary because it was pagan and you were worshiping the devil and whatnot and i remember talking to my dad a lot about that and my dad's like if you continue to live in fear you're going to kill yourself not physically but like mentally and spiritually right. so i started to observe that and i haven't really lived in fear because i've feel like I'm able to observe the fear and then I actually observe it and I realize how ridiculous it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I really, I haven't valued fear in a really long time, but I can say that just like a couple nights ago, I, um, every so often I get up at night just to walk around the house and see if like the kids are still in bed and haven't ran out the window or something. <laughs> but this time I saw my daughter's toy car like perfectly placed and I was like, I had this a sense of fear, and I was like, oh my goodness, there's like some kind of entity in the house. <laughs> Obviously, that wasn't it, right? So I'm like, 
awake and I'm like, oh my gosh, should I pray? What do I say? I'm like, God does not have time for, and we always say that. We're like, God doesn't have time for us. Like, this is so ridiculous. Right. And so I literally had to sit there and I'm doing the silent, silent prayer and I'm like, are you serious? Like, I don't have time for this. I'm like, I need to go back to sleep. But that little spark of fear that I felt, I'm like, this is just horrible. And as soon as I start feeling that, I have to remember, I have to remind myself to observe what I'm feeling and if it's even worth this feeling because it's ridiculous. And where did that fear come from? We first thoughts, yeah. literally my thoughts, because that was the first thing I did. I'm like, oh, my God, there's an entity. And it was just a thought, like ridiculous thought that yeah. I had. And it's like it obviously doesn't exist or anything. And I'm, but my thought got the best of me. Amazing. Yeah. OK, interesting. The one thing I want to say to you about. Me? Yeah, this first I, she doesn't need the mic unless you want it. Um, whatever happened with you and the person that you afraid of, don't let your family member take sides with you against him because they don't know. And it'll make you feel right. And it'll prevent you from looking at your role because we all as adults in the situation because we want to be there. Nobody make us get into those situations. And, and, and so they'll say, oh, he's no good. He's a narcissist. He's this, he's that. And it'll make you feel right. And you won't look at yourself and say, well, how did I get in this? What was my role in it? That's why God doesn't want us to take sides. And, and if, so, if we offend one another, go to that individual and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, and be done with it. Don't, don't bad mouth them to other people or any of that. You pray for them, wish them well. You know what I mean? And you will be free. So don't even gossip about him to family members or nobody. Because they, they're evil and they'll take sides and make you feel right. And you won't see the evil that's working in you. That make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so don't do that. Don't tell them. Next time they ask you about him or your business, give them the finger. <laughs> Oh, they are your enemy. <laughs> they really are your enemy. God said, go to the person and be done. And pray for your enemy, not hate your enemy. And it's the way we treat others, not the way they treat us. That's not important. Right. It's not important how we are being treated. <clears throat> What's important is how we treat others. All right? Yeah. Amazing. So, oh, real fast, Frankie. Lord have mercy. <laughs> don't don't say a lot. So my, my parents they kind of kind of taught us that, and I mean they were subject to um, they were subject to to having that kind of fear uh, and and teaching us. And I kind of lost my point. <laughs> <laughs> sure, good. Oh. <laughs> well, you already said that anyway. Awesome. Oh. <laughs> uh, I can't. I'm running out of time, but I want to try to get this out there. Um, the one thing I want to tell you about fear, I want you to welcome fear. Fear is your enemy. Fear is not you. And as much fear as you can feel, welcome that. Shake in your boots from it, but live with it. Don't escape it by taking medication. I'm not talking about physical. I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying this, that when you've shaken that fear, 
no matter, it could be like, like you're not gonna make it. Like you can barely breathe, you can barely walk. And it's in there and you're noticing it. Don't overreact. When things happen and somebody says something, something happened to you, don't overreact. I want to encourage you to leave us in the middle, leave that empty space and just feel that fear. Don't go into the mind for a quick excuse or why or this or that. Don't run to somebody to get uh, a, a good feeling from it to make you get over it real fast because you're not getting over it that way. Fear, I want you to go into the fear. Welcome the situation and go into it and live in it, live with it. Don't try to escape it by getting on the phone, calling up somebody, they didn't want anything, but you just call them up because the devil said, call up, call up a Mary. And then you call that Mary up and she ticked you off. So it was a boring conversation, right? <laughs> <clears throat> if you're going to get drunk that night, get drunk after the fear pass. Don't get drunk during the fear because you'll keep the fear there. Fear is not you. It's not of you. It's of your father, the devil. And he does not want to depart from you. He wants you to run from the fear. He wants you to deny the fear. He wants you to escape it. That's why he doesn't want you to be still and let the truth catch up with you because if the truth catch up with you, he has to depart from it because the truth is the spirit of God coming down to take care of that. And, and that fear is not of God. It's not the spirit of God. It is not you. It has nothing to do with you except you believe the lie. Like what the young lady was saying. It's the thought. All thoughts are all lies all the time about anything except practical thoughts, right? And so if you really, really pay attention to you, get to know you, and this year we're working on ourselves, we're doing some serious work, and you got to pay attention to it. Know thyself. The beginning of overcoming is to know thyself, and you're going to see that what's driving you is in you. Your hell is in you. It's not out there. Your hell is in you. Now, hell is out there, but it's inside other people. That's their hell. That's not our issue, right? But your hell is inside of you. And, you, and it's come from the imagination, from thoughts. All thoughts are all lies all the time about anything. And you can read a book. You can read the Bible. You can sing hymns. You can prophesy. You can do all that. But if you have not died from that ego, death, which is of the devil, it's all a waste of time. The devil is still your daddy. And like, like she was saying, you wake up in the morning, you're at home by yourself, your house nice, everything fine, but you have fear because you believed into a thought and didn't know it, and you thought it was your own. And you look around and everything looked fine, but you're afraid on the inside of nothing, nothing going on. But you're afraid because you believed a thought. That's all it is. And when when something happened, the devil tell you, oh, you need to protect yourself. You need to protect your reputation. You need to protect your degree. You're a doctor. Nobody can talk to you like that. You're a mother. Look at the mothers. Mothers don't want to hear the truth because they think they're God and they don't want to hear the truth. That's not them. That's the spirit of the devil in them. But you face mama and tell her the truth anyway. Just don't resent. Tell her the truth. 
She just doesn't want to overcome it. But you tell the truth anyway. And then if she get mad, let her be mad. But I want to tell you, you got to take, you should welcome the fear. No matter how bad, because it's going to kill all your ideas about God, about yourself, about your body, about your little degree, about your parent role as a parent. When parents tell you, don't talk to me like that, I'm grown, I'm the grown one. They'll tell you, don't talk to me because you're telling me the truth and that hurt. And kids are not allowed to tell parents the truth. They'll tell you, I love the devil more than I love you. <laughs> parents don't love their children, they hate their children. If they love their children, they'll let them grow up. They'll be the example so that they can stay on that. As Franklin was saying, kids are born innocent. But you traumatize them with your anger. But I want you to welcome that fear. And that comes out of nowhere. When you open your eyes in the morning, the devil already got your mind, and you don't know that he got your mind. You believe in the devil. Anyone that believes in thoughts are worshiping the devil. And thoughts, if you think about thoughts, though, you really, really think it's so amazing. Thoughts are just an idea. It has no meaning. They have no meaning at all. But because you believe it and why you're overreacting to the thought, the devil gives you meanings around the thought. This means that you, you need it. This means that you're this. And this means you need to go to the party. This means that and that and that. And then now you're constantly overreacting and he got you. You got to pay attention. Let the fear live with the fear and the father will take it away from you. The light of God, because if you have truly gone and forgiven, Forgiveness is to apologize for judging. I'm wrong. Yes, you're wrong for screwing me up, but I'm wrong for hating you for it. I'm an adult now. I see that you can't help yourself. I'm sorry for resenting you. And when you do that, God will forgive you, and he'll take the anger, which is hatred, away from your heart, which is the nature of the devil. And then the light of God will fight the darkness of the imagination, all that stuff you've been living in all your life, thinking that it's you. It's a false you. It's not you. And when that passed, the real you would appear. And in the real you, there is no fear, no doubt, no worry, no looking for love, not trying to get love, no nothing. You need nothing from no one. Except practical. You got to go to the store, bake a cake during the death, so that when the family fighting, they have some cake. <laughs> cake and greens and cornbread and all that. And, uh... <clears throat> But I, I, I promise you, it's not you. It's a false identity. And all of your ideas about God is false. They're just ideas. And ideas come from the devil. He pretend to be God. And so, you, I, and so you pray to God, God, please help me. I got all this fear. Lord, help me. My mama just died. Lord, help me this. And God, like, wonder, what the... I've already helped you. You're already free. Stop identifying with those things. You'll be free. Those things are not you. You are a spirit created in the image of God. And Christ came and he bought us back from the devil. He washed away all of those sins. You're not even a sinner or a saint. You're none of those things. They, we've been bought and paid for by Christ. And judging yourself, calling yourself a sinner, you're keeping yourself in hell. 
you're falsely accusing the real self. And then Satan make you judge yourself, call yourself that, and he'll judge you for it. He's like, look at you, you're a sinner. He's like, oh yeah, I'm a sinner. And then he's like, you ain't worthy of living. Oh yeah, I'm not worthy. <laughs> Here's appeal. Here's the knife. Go cut your throat. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not you, folks. It's evil. It's not you at all. You don't even see the real you yet. You don't know what the real you look like. I didn't know. I don't know. I'm still looking. I sure got some glimpse, though. And it just made me stay on this path. I work on me by not working on me. The more I don't work on me, the more I can see. The more I work on me, the deeper I go into darkness. Because there's no me to work on. There's nothing to work on. It's been done for you by the son of the father. He sent his son, so it's all done. And all your hypochondriac and whatever, you're coming from a lie. You've been traumatized by your mama, keep the house extra clean. If you don't keep it clean, you'll get a disease. I don't know if she said that, but just a, you want to get a disease. And you, as a kid, you're like, oh, God. And mama frantically going through the house, clean up everything. She put plastic on the couch so you can't mess up the couch. I think only blacks and Mexicans do that. <laughs> I don't think white parents do that. Why you go buy a couch and then put plastic on it? <laughs> Clean it up. <laughs> Amazing, huh? But uh, uh, you are not these things that you think you are. So I want you to welcome the fear. If you got to walk into a crowded room and everybody's going to turn around looking at you walking in, but Satan tell you, oh, don't go in there. Everybody's going to look when you walk in. Go in there. Go in there. Go toward that fear. You're going to start, I promise you, if you stay with this, stay with this, stay with this, stay with this, you will start to see that this was never you. You never had to beg the Lord for anything. It's already yours. He's already, everything belongs to his children. You never had to try to get along with anyone. But because you believe that you had, you've been taught that you had, you're looking for something from that person, you try to do it anyway, it doesn't work. All you do is go from person to person trying to get something, trying to get love, trying to get friendship, trying to get familyship, trying to get whatever it is you're trying to get. You don't need to do that. You already have it. You just don't see it because you're looking on the outside and not on the inside. The kingdom of heaven is within. It really is. And this illusion is an imposter. Satan does not want to die. He want to rule over your soul. That's why he'd rather for you to hoop and holler in prayer than to be still and let God's will be done. Because you pray it out loud and carry it on. His will is being done because you're praying to the devil. God don't need you to feel whining and carrying on. We are already free. And that's why when you wake up, you can't judge your fellow man because you're going to see the same devil that was controlling you is controlling them, and they cannot help it. They can't see. I once was blind, but now I see. Just live your Just let go. Let life happen. He'll fix it. 
But matter of fact, it's already fixed. He'll destroy the darkness of the devil, the spirit of the devil. So let the fear happen. Don't try to avoid the fear. Let it happen so it can die. In order to live, you must die. That thing got to die if you want to live. That's what Christ went through. Same thing. And so you got to let yourself go down into hell and you'll rise. And you'll live right here on earth. You don't have to wait to die physically. So feel the fear. It's not yours. Live with the fear. Don't try to get rid of the fear. And the light of God will get rid of the fear for you. Because it's a spirit. It's the spirit of the devil pretending to be God. He, he interpreted the Bible for you. You're asking for a, a car, he'll give it to you, the devil. He'll give you a car to keep you away from God. And then you'll go to church, and at your testimony, come on down, give a testimony. I need a hundred dollars, and I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord gave me a hundred dollars. John came down the road out of nowhere, Lord. And John gave me a hundred dollars. I said, praise the Lord. And they still have fear. Yeah. Because the devil sent the hundred dollars to them. And they give the devil the glory for it, thinking they're giving God. I have fear I needed some, I had a honeyated disc. And I ordered some of your oil. Your cloth. Y'all heard the people say that. And I put that oil on me with that holy cloth. And the Lord healed me. <laughs> and then you go home, you take so much medication because you're scared the thing's still there. <laughs> and you didn't, couldn't tell the preacher, I was just lying. Because you don't want anybody to preach it and you don't want to look embarrassed. Mm -hmm. The devil got you. It's not real. Right. This is an illusion that you're living. Our bodies is just an illusion. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Nothing out there is real. The body just, it's going to fade away too. Don't worship the body. Take care of the body, but don't worship it. You know what I mean? It's an illusion, so feel the fear. When I tell people to go and forgive their mothers, uh-uh, I can't do that. I'm scared of mama. <laughs> oh, I may hurt her feelings. Or oh, she did this and did that. Mama was supposed to feed you. She had you. You know, old mama and something like that she fed you? What the? Ain't that dumb? Yeah. Mama didn't call up to heaven and say, Louise, me and Alice going to make a baby. And it's going to be you. <laughs> and so when you come down, we need you to take care of us. <laughs> and then you made a promise from heaven. All right, mama, y'all make me. I come down there now. I'll take care of you until you die. <laughs> and you hate mama. Pushing around in a wheelchair, wishing she hurry up and die. <laughs> Come on here, old lady. Why don't you just die? <laughs> That's what you're thinking, right? But you act like you love her. Oh, come on, mama. Mama all in the way. <laughs> she want another piece of chicken. You don't feel like getting up from the table. Because you eat your chicken. I'm your mama. You better get up and get me some food. Why don't you die? <laughs> But anyway, I, I know I saw a couple of hands, so I'm going to make it short. But this is all an illusion. It really is, and it's in the imagination. God said, bring every thought into captivity. My children shall know me by my voiceless voice, not the talking, talking mind. 
the talking mind is of the devil pretending to be God or pretending to be you. You'll do better by not thinking at all. There's no reason to think. Except for practical thinking. Build a house. Once you build a house, it's done. But feel the fear and stop overreacting to it. If someone says something horrible to you and you start shaking, right? That's a shock that you need. Don't fill in the shock. Let the shock happen. Take the shock. And the earthquake will pass. All right? Yes, ma'am. This is real brief, um, but I do want to preface my question with something. Okay. Um, well, first the question, and then I have something to say to preface it. Uh, the question is, how do you personally maneuver through practical fears? And the reason I'm asking the question is because uh, years ago I was walking down the street with a boyfriend at the time, and this huge dog came out of nowhere. And it was a vicious dog. I stood paralyzed in fear, and that was a reasonable fear to have. However, if it hadn't been for my boyfriend, I probably would have gotten mauled to death um, because he was able to fight off this dog. That's a practical fear. So I didn't handle that well. What course of action do you take when you are faced with a practical fear that could be debilitating and cause you to be harmed. What I've noticed about that's happening with me is that as I'm overcoming that other fear of the devil kind of thing, that spirit fear, it calms you down with life, period. And so you're not lost in your head while you're walking down the road. And if the dog is there, you see the dog in time to deal with. Or if you don't see it right then, you won't overreact to it. Because animals are subject to you, you're not subject to them, right? But because you are unconscious and the dog surprised you, you just overreact. But when you're conscious, you won't overreact and you deal with that situation in a perfect way. Because you could stare at a dog, he up there growling, and you just look at him and he'll calm down because he didn't sense fear in you. Because people who have fear are animals. They're on the level of an animal. And so they act like animals in that fallen state. So you're acting like an animal. That's why people think the dog, they're getting love from the dog. They ain't got no love from the dog. They're just an animal like the dog, and they think that it's love. It's false, right? So practice consciousness, and when situations come like that, you'll be more aware. And I'm telling you, you will handle it differently. You won't freeze in fear and all that kind of stuff. Thank you. The light of God will change that. And that way, because God loves us and his light shines on everything through us, right? And so you'll be able to see the situation. You'll be aware. You'll be able to handle it differently. Thank you. All right. Amazing. Yes, sir. Yeah, that happened to me this week. I know I'm not supposed to ask this, but do you remember our conversation from last week? No. <laughs> you, you were here last week? Yeah. Oh, and you had a conversation with me? <clears throat> yeah, I was sitting right there. Oh. All white people look alike. <laughs> no, I do remember you being here, but I don't remember the conversation. Well, to make a long story short, just like this gentleman here, um, my family, I'm estranged from. <clears throat> my girlfriend didn't support my decision to come down here. Told me to pick her or my job, and I picked my job. And 
Nice. The new job I have is a door-to-door sales and selling those doorbell cameras, which oh yeah, I remember now. Today is pretty nifty because there's a lot of crime and package stuff. Yeah. To make a long story yeah, short, make a long story short. Okay. Um, I was walking around last week was fine. This week, especially Thursday and Friday, I went and I knocked on a door, and right before the person opened it, I just felt something overcome me, and um, it was all the thoughts and the imagination yeah. from everything. Yeah. Is this the right decision? Why are you down here? You shouldn't have left. Your parents were probably right. You shouldn't have left your girl. Like everything that could have come. Yeah. And I just started crying. And I had to walk to my car and I was like, all right, this is the not me. I was very aware of it. Yeah. And then I said, okay, Ryan, just get back out there and go knock another door. And I knocked another door. And the second I waited for the person to come, it came right back through. Yeah. And, I, and I dealt with this for almost the whole day on Thursday and Friday. And it got to a point where I almost overreacted and I went to go take a drink because right now I'm not drinking. <laughs> right. And uh, I just didn't. I just stayed in my car. I said, okay, well, this is annoying. I can't knock, but I don't want to overreact. So I'm just going to sit here. And I just like let the cloud just pour rain on me. And every time I got up to walk around a door knock again, the cloud just followed me. It was more annoying than anything, but just to realize that it was happening to me and be aware of that, I think, is a step in the right direction. And so you knocked on the door in- anyway? I, I was trying. On, on different doors? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. That's what I'm saying. Live in the fear. Yeah. And go do your job anyway. Yeah. If you can barely breathe, barely get up to the doorway, feel the fear. Don't try to get rid of the fear because it's the spirit of the devil. Mm-hmm. It's not you. It's not happening to you. Right. It's happening in the body. Right. And you're not your body, right? And Satan live in human beings. He live in the body. And so even though you like, out of breath, yeah. whatever, right? You, one step at a time, just going up to that door and knock on that door and tell the person about whatever it is you're selling and just let the fear ha- be there right. and keep, and you're aware of it and you do feel it, but you know there's nothing you can do about right. it. It's a spirit and just do what you got to do anyway. And I think he was working overtime because he knew that like my pay is now reliant on going up to these doors. So every time I went to knock to one, he would remind me yeah. of the thought to yeah. make sure that that didn't happen. And I didn't identify with it the whole time. I think I was just more annoyed that it kept following me around. I was but don't even be annoyed. Just take it. Right. Don't judge it. Right. Don't get mad. Don't judge it. Anyone that has anger is judging, playing God. Mm-hmm. And we're none of us a God, right? Yeah, I was but, shaking in my boots. Yeah. Yeah. But good, but let it be. That's a perfect example. Get up and go to work anyway. Yep. No matter what the world is saying, the devil is saying, or whatever, right? You go to work anyway, and don't do anything about it. The light of God will destroy the darkness. It will die. And it feels like death. It feels like you're dying. We have once it to did, die, yeah. once to live. And that's what the death is. Die from this false identity of the devil. Because I had my friends, my family, my girlfriend, I had alcohol, I had all these different things. Yes. And now that they're all gone, I can just see, wow, I couldn't handle anything. Well, the not me couldn't handle anything. That's right. Yeah. Good, man. Stay with it, stay with it, Appreciate stay with it. it. Yes, Frankie, last word, I think. You had your hand? So oh. when, uh, I remember my point I wanted to make, uh, I used to look at other people and think, you know, oh, that's a courageous person, that's a strong person. Uh, but I, I can remember my father, he was a very, very angry man. And, and that was, uh, it really intimidated me. I was afraid of my father, because uh, I looked at it as strength. And, and so when I kind of look now, I, I, I do remember points of him having great fear. 
And so, you know, all that stuff where I saw that people were physically strong and who had strength and, you know, oh, that's a man, uh, that was, I was totally off. You know, uh, especially when I watched The Passion of Christ and, and watched how he had no fear and he had actual compassion for, for uh, people who were mocking him and, and even the kings and emperors, he, he had no fear of them. And so, you know, it's kind of an example of how to, to deal with fear, uh, you know, with love. And that's what love, like the poem you guys talked about last week, you know, uh, love is kind, love is uh, patient, love yeah. endures, love never mocks people, never uh, is, remembers the bad things about people. Yeah, you pull that up again to read it real fast. Um, yeah, you're right about that. You remind me, I want to hear that again. Um, oh, let me tell you this. This is so powerful, really. If you do it, you will be free. This thing has to die. Because Satan has no power at all. He has no power. He's a coward. He has no authority. He has zero. He's been defeated. But if he makes you think that he's real and that he has power, you're at doubt because you believe in his lies and to thought. All thoughts are lies. Good or bad. So here's what I recommend. Since we're working on ourselves this year, don't fight with the devil at all. Don't compensate with him. Don't do anything. Ignore him. It's enough to just see it by the light, but do nothing about it. Francisco just reminded do nothing about it. Nothing about the fear. Nothing about what anybody else say or think. That's on them. Nothing about the thoughts. Just watch them. That's all you have to do. And the light of God will destroy the darkness. You must die in order to live. You're not going to live until you die. And forgiveness, when you forgive, God said, forgive others. I'll forgive you. They don't have to apologize. I will forgive you and draw you into the kingdom, and then I'll take care of you. He'll fight the devil for you. And he ain't even fighting with the devil. God doesn't fight with the devil. The devil is not a challenge to God. The devil is just a devil. But he'll destroy that spirit and the mind that we all have identified with, thinking that is us. Last word, man. I was going to say, when I've heard this message from you long ago when I started coming here, I'm not going to lie, everything that you would say just seems so outlandish, but one thing that's absolutely beautiful, is as I'm, especially as I'm rereading the Bible now, is that if you go back to Genesis, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, you know, they didn't feel any shame while they were naked, and it was until sin was introduced that when Adam was hiding, he, he said, like, hey, why are you hiding from me? You know, God asked him that. And, he, and he's just like, oh, because I'm naked. And he goes, and, and, and God replies, who told you that you were yeah. naked? And so as, as we talk about everything you're saying with the devil, you start rereading the word, you're like, oh, now I get it. You know, even Jesus was confronted by Satan, asking him the same thing. Hey, throw yourself off a building and go ahead and kill yourself. Prove to it. He's just like, no, I'm not going to do that. And, and, and when we hear it, we're all like, wait, what? Huh? This builds character. My fear is normal, right? But you start to really understand it, that what you're talking about actually makes a whole bunch of sense. Every human being that has fear, and everyone dies, I don't care who they are, they die until they're born again. They're, uh, they're living in their own private hell. And they are blaming the world for their hell when the world is not giving it to you. It's already there. Because you can overcome that hell and live in the world and not be moved by the, 
by the world at all. Absolutely. And it's the devil who's telling you all this crap. It's not from God. Amazing, huh? You're living a lie. Living in an illusion. This thing must disappear. You're not your body. You're not your feelings. You're not the thoughts. Never have been, never will be, ain't going to be. It's a lie. Hey, read that real fast. Okay. Oh, yeah. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I command languages both human and angelic, if I speak without love, I am no more than a gong booming or a cymbal clashing. And though I have the power of prophecy to penetrate all mysteries and knowledge, though I have all the faith necessary to move mountains, if I am without love, I am nothing. Though I should give away to the poor all that I possess and even give up my body to be burned, if I am without love, it will, be, it will do me no good whatever. Love is always patient and kind. Love is never jealous. Love is not boastful or conceited. It is never rude and never seeks its own advantage. It does not take offense or store up grievances. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but finds its joy in the truth. It is always ready to make allowances, to trust, to hope, and to endure whatever comes. Love never comes to an end, but if there are prophecies, they will be done away with. If tongues, they will fall silent, and if knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know only imperfectly, and we prophesy imperfectly. But once perfection comes, all imperfect things will be done away with. When I was a child, I used to talk like a child, and see things as a child does, and think like a child. But now that I have become an adult, I have finished with all childish ways. Now we see only reflections in a mirror, mere riddles, but then we shall be seeing face to face. Now I know I, now I can know only imperfectly, but then I shall know just as fully as I am myself known. As it is, these remain, faith, hope, and love, the three of them. And the greatest of them is love. Amazing. When the heart is changed from anger to love, because anyone that has anger, I don't care who you are, if you have anger, Satan is your daddy. He's your God. I don't care if you go to church or whatever, right? Feed the hunger. Satan is your God. Feed the tongue. Satan is your God. But once you see that you're wrong for having this anger, don't do anything about it. It's enough to see it, and God will take it away from you because it's a spirit. He would change the heart from anger to love. Then he would take over, and he will get rid of the devil. Your life would just work. It would just be. So work on yourself, and from even now, when you sit in this room, be aware that you're in the room. You know what I'm saying? Don't be like thinking about lunch and dinner and all that kind of stuff, right? Your mind should be here with you, not lost out there somewhere. But when you do die from this, you will become whole. You will become one. Anyone that has anger is divided. You're feeling good, then you feel bad. You feel like you're free, then you feel like you're a slave. Then you feel like you love, then you feel like you don't love. You're divided. You're not one, but you will become one when the heart is changed and the devil is destroyed. There, in God, there is no future, no past, no all that is present right here, right now, not tomorrow, but now. All right.
So do the silent prayer. Do a little hoover and holler. And then when you're done hoover and holler, you're tired of hoover and holler, praying to the devil. Be still and know God. Be still and stop whining. God doesn't want to hear your whining. He's already saved you. So you don't need to whine. You're whining to the devil. Alright? So do the silent prayer. Watch and let life happen. Let the thing die. You gotta let it die if you want to live. It's not you. Hey, can you read one or two of those things? Yeah. Okay, I want to at least get some in there. And then we're out of here. What the? I can't believe this time. Just like that. Yes. Okay. Um, a super chat fr question from uh, Re Nessio. Is it more valuable to know the dumb things in life than the intellectual things in life? What a dumb thing. Intellectual is dumb. <laughs> I'm not sure what you mean. So maybe I don't know what you mean by that, but if you're into the internet, you are dumb. That's what it means to be dumb. Don't hold on to knowledge. Let knowledge go. You want wisdom. Wisdom is from God. You want to know God, not just believe about God or believe in God. You want to know the Father and the Father know you. He already know you. You just don't know him. But intellect is dumb. Okay. I have a comment from Steve Strzok. These are super chats, by the way. Okay. Thank you. Most communities are just codependent nightmares. I used to think small towns were better than cities till I realized they all gossip and hate each other, too. Yeah. Um, the world is teaching you to go into a community-like thing because they want to control you. Community means socialism. That's what it means. Y'all get together so we can control you. We don't like individuals, individuals who think for themselves. We don't like those kind of people. Kill them. They are of God. Get rid of them. And y'all get into a community and love the community. We know right where you are because we know how you think. And they create a socialist, socialism. Isn't that amazing? You want to be free. So let that go. Do the silent prayer. I hope that this helped a little bit. Work on yourself and to whatever, whatever anybody else want to do with themselves, just wish them well. But you work on you. You keep your eyes on yourself. You'll be fine. Oh, a brand new biblical question. I think I've already answered it. I had, uh, why do you need to be accepted by anyone? Because there are people who think that they need to be accepted by anyone. Didn't we already deal with that today? Yeah. Kind of, huh? Because we don't need to be accepted by anybody. Don't try to, don't, do not try to make yourself be accepted by anyone or anything. That's not normal. It's all evil. All right, so I have to come up with a new one now. All right, so the men's form. Thank you, Nick. The men's forum this Thursday, every first Thursday night for men only, and the third Thursday for ladies only at 7 p.m. So, believe it or not, it's May, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Time go by just like that. So, men's forum at 7 p.m. All right, it's up to you. Overcome the titles. You're not a doctor. You're not a lawyer. You're not a psychiatrist. You're not a social worker. You're not a this or that. That's just what you do. That's not your identity. 
your identity. Right now it's coming from the devil. That's why he gives you so many of them. But it should only come from God. All right. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for coming. It was amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so I'm a